Fierce Women Writing is a partner of Quill's Edge Press, a small yet mighty nonprofit press dedicated to publishing the poetry of women who are at least 40 years old. Right now, I'm reading their anthology, entitled 50 Over 50, and they're currently accepting submissions for their next anthology. Learn more at quillsedgepress.org. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing, a podcast where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and writers are inspired. I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing. They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough, because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, Fierce Writers. Today's guest is Isabel Y. Gonzalez. Newark, New Jersey native Isabel Y. Gonzalez received her bachelor's degree from Rutgers University and an MFA in poetry from Drew University. She's received invitations to attend Vona, Tin House, Ashbury Homeschool, and Boat Press Workshops. She's a Canto Mundo Fellow and is published in Tinderbox Journal, Anomaly, Vinyl, Waxwing Literary Journal, and others. Her first full-length collection of poems is Wild Invocations, printed by Get Fresh Books in 2019. Welcome to the show, Isabel. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here talking with you. Isabel, what are the ideal conditions for you to write? Yeah, sure. Um, well, let's see. It's it's interesting because um, I used to do a lot of really wild writing with music, um, to music, inspired by music. Um, and then as I started sort of getting really serious with my writing, I started to realize that I was picking up on a lot of the lyrics that I was listening to. So uh, it, music still inspires me to write, but just in the sort of a different way. Um, so I guess ideal conditions just include um, a lot of music, but this this time around classical with no lyrics um but definitely that's that's sort of a a peaceful a peaceful way for me to enter um and also just being inspired by writing so having um books in front of me to sort of just um I, I don't know how to explain it, but sort of just give me some some umph, like being surrounded by writers that I really respect and love really helps me sort of get in the zone. Um, so just like literally having books in front of me is so helpful. Uh, I just feel um, like I'm, I'm celebrating with them. Um, so those are some of the things that I think about when I, um, I, I think of like perfect, um, perfect writing, um, scenarios, um, of, and, and I just feel like, um, feeling in a place that's comfortable physically also helps, um, whether it's home, um, or a cafe that where I can sort of, um, really zone in on my work. Um, uh, those are some of the ideal conditions for me. <laughs> Why do you write? Oh, there's like a million reasons, but I would have to say one of the biggest, um, the biggest reasons why I write is to contribute towards the communal conversation. Um, so 
for me, it's being part of a Latinx community, um, being part of a Newark community, being part of so many communities and being able to participate in some of the conversations that are that are going on about these communities and also um, listening to the other voices that are participating in the conversation. Um, but being able to um, participate in the conversation is so important to me, I think, especially because growing up, I didn't really have much of a, a physical voice. I was such a quiet child. Um, and um, so now I feel like there's a fierceness, you know, you talk about fierce women writers. Um, I feel like there's such a fierceness in being able to participate in the conversation. What are your best writing tips? Hmm, tips. I would say read, read, read. I know everyone says that, but you really have to know, um, like who's out there, what's, what people are writing about. And of course it inspires, it inspires the, inspires the contribution towards the conversation. So I really feel like, um, reading whoever is around that, that excites you, that motivates you. Um, that is, I, I love reading writers who are doing different things, whether it's experimental, um, powerful performers. Um, so I would say tips would be absolutely read, 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 or, or also just dip into that, that, um, that online portal into performances and slams and, um, hearing poets read aloud their work, because that's also a different experience from just on the page. I think it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to experience poets reading their work aloud or reading work by other poets that inspire them aloud. Um, so that, that would say those are some of my tips. What are your suggestions for someone trying to overcome a block? Hmm. It's really tricky. Um, I've experienced a, a block, especially after my first book came out, I was, um, having a really difficult time, um, producing. And honestly, I know there are some folks who would say, um, offer suggestions on how to sort of push that out, um, push out the writing. But I'm actually one of the, um, I'm, I'm of the thought that uh, you should really um, sit, sit with the quiet. Um, I feel like we don't have to be uh, right physically writing the poem to be writing the poem. Um, I feel like we're writing poems in our bodies every day. And sometimes um, we do need to step away from the pen to sort of allow some of that brewing to go to go on and just to sort of let it um, build up in the body until it's ready to be written. Um, but I would say I don't want to I don't want to ignore your question. Um, I, I, I do want to say if you're really trying to put pen to paper and you're trying to um, get some of that down, um, I would say reading, as I've said, really, really inspires and helps me um, think about why I do this and uh, what kinds of conversations are going out there and what do what what is my perspective on it and what is what do I want to contribute towards this conversation? Um, and as I started out by saying music also is very helpful, um, you know, taking a line here or there 
um, playing around with it. I also feel like form is, is absolutely um, an invitation for, for starting out drafts of work. Um, If you, if you find a form and write into the container, I do feel like that's, um, that can be very helpful in the structure um, and gives parameters. What about editing and revising tips? That's so crucial to me. I feel like that, I think generating the work, I feel like sometimes people think that generating the work is um, is the meat of it. And I, I would say that revising and editing is where the real uh, magic happens. Um, I feel like uh, there was a poet that once said to me, that he puts his poems into like 10 different up a poem, one singular poem into like 10 different containers um, just to try them out. <laughs> I don't go that far. Um, I think that's, that's a magical way of engaging with one poem. Um, but I do feel like going back and, um, and reworking, reworking poems um, and trying them out in different forms or trying um, to see what they look like physically on the page and if they're reading the way you want them to reading work out loud is one of the best tips I can suggest in terms of editing and revising when you read work out loud you're you're noticing where the breath um how the breath really works in in the poems uh where you want people to pause where you want people to continue running out of breath um so I would say definitely reading work aloud is has been helpful to me. I come from a tradition of of reading work out loud and and to bring it into um, existence. That's the one way that I feel like um, poems can be very meaningful. Is, is not just not just the written page, but performing them and reading them aloud. I think is so crucial to my work. Um, so that's why I really rely on what it sounds like. Sometimes I'll even record some of my work on um, listen to it back and see what it sounds like. Uh, and then read it along on the page and see if it's written the way it, um, I intended it to sound. Um, so those are some of my tips. I do think that revising again is so crucial. Um, but then again, I don't want to, um, get to the point where I'm taking out the duende of the poem. Um, I, I don't want to go so far as to beat the, the poem um, um, into, into a place where it's, it's, it's lost some of its spirit, um, so to say. So um, I would say that there's also a fine line of overworking pieces. Can you estimate your submission to publication ratio? Um, do you mean uh, acceptances and declines or? Yes. Okay. Um, well, I've gotten a lot of declines. I can't, I can't estimate how, I mean, maybe it's like, hmm, uh, one in like 15, one in 20, something like that. Um, I, I, there was, there was a point in which I was sending out my work to a lot of places. Um, I haven't written lots of new work, um, because I just gave birth to my baby. (laughs) Congrats. Thank you. So, um, I'm still in a place where I'm celebrating those poems and, um, living with those poems. So I haven't submitted in a while, but I do use submittable it's an easy place for me to, um, you know, send all my work and keep track of it. Um, 
Also, I would say that uh, I've gotten some very kind declines. Um, People who have said, you know, this wasn't a right fit right now, but please consider submitting again in the future. And I would say when you hear that, believe it. Um, you have to take them up on that. Um, and, and also I would, my suggestion would be send a breadth of work. Um, don't send a, you know, a cluster of poems that some of them maybe speak to each other, but maybe there's one that's a wild card. Uh, you have to mix it up. Um, and also read the work where you're sending your materials. I would say I'm I'm of a of a thinking that I like to send work where I really think it's a good fit and sp- is speaking well to to the other work that's in it and there's a conversation being had there. Um, so I particularly also look for if they're publishing Latinx black writers that's important to me like I want to be part of that conversation I want to be part of a conversation where they're publishing um uh, poets of color who are some other women writers we should be reading right now yeah I mean um I I love to focus on um particular uh poets of color that speak to me um some of my fave 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 writers I come back over to and over and over and over uh, will be Aracelis Germay. She's one of my favorite all-time um, writers. I feel like she's also, if you look at her work, has really um, transformed. You know, she's really um, her own growth and her and her collections. You see it; it's fantastic. But also, just her collections really speak to me, especially as a, a, a as a. Puerto Rican woman. Uh, um, Ada Limon is also another writer that I just absolutely um, just I adore as as a human being and also as as a writer. Her work really, really, really moves me. Um, And um, I would say there are a few poets who have informed my writing like Audre Lorde, um, uh, Gloria Anzaldúa, um, who have since passed, but their work still informs my writing in terms of its fierceness, in terms of its honesty, in terms of its, um, its simplicity, but also, um, hardcore, (laughs) um, saying what they really, uh, you know, addressing important issues, um, so I, I, I think those are some of the women writers that really uh, inform my writing and who are the kinds of women I want to be like when I grow up as a poet. <laughs> and where can listeners find you online? Sure. Um, I'm at www.isabelgonzalez.com. That's Y-S-A-B-E-L, Gonzalez, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z.com. And I have... Um, I have a have some um, videos up there, a little bit of audio. Um, if if listeners really are enjoying my work and they want to hear some more, I can um, I can um, absolutely they can absolutely get in touch with me. There's a contact me um, uh, tab on my website, and I'd be happy to send additional um, um, audio of my readings because I love sharing audio with my readers. I just feel like it's so um, it's so it changes the poem when you hear it um, being read out loud by the poet. Speaking of which. Would you read some of your work for us now? Yes, yes, I'd love to. Um, I'm gonna actually open. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start with a the opening poem in Wild Invocations. 
and it's called Fruit. I don't have a dedication, but I would if I if I had had thought a little bit uh, harder about this, I would dedicate it to my therapist. <laughs> it's called Fruit. My therapist says I need to stop reaching for low hanging fruit. Does she mean the kind of vines that wrap themselves around my wrists, pulling me in with a tangled smile? There's this way men talk and talk themselves into knots, boasting, pontificating. I long for blissful, engorged quiet that offers an orange in its palm, peeled blessing. When were you last gifted gentleness of an open hand? I bet it felt cool, rain on a sun-sparked forehead. I bet it felt like kindness. I bet if I dug a little deeper, I'd find some sleeping in my toes, waiting to be drawn water from a bathtub. You glide your fingers under the faucet until the temperature is perfect. Yes, my therapist is right. It's not just the easy plucking. It's the way I need to climb the tree, bite into perfect fruit, and say, yes, yes, this is mine. And the second poem I'll read is called Damn Shame. What a damn shame, they'd say. The women who came before, women who left, women who conquered, women falling into their wounds, paying a price for me to love untethered. I tie myself, man after man, hopeful they'll line my rope with worship. What a damn shame when a road's been paved and a woman digs anyway. She searches for rock that's already been laid, searches for bodies to unearth, but they've long turned to mulch. I stare into night skies, finding my ancestors' mouths wide, black holes, women saying, shame, round and long, like maybe if they speak it slowly, I'll start loving myself a little more. And I'll close with praise. I don't mourn the dead, instead praise the pulsing, cells traveling along a heart-knock system, reminders to spend time counting brown spots and stretches of folded skin winding deep, dirt country roads. We look for ways to make magic, brand the land, prove we were here, but the body is 
the mark, a flesh mound harvest gleaned from kicked up dust after one wild long run. We wounds and scars, we fingers tracing scores of raised notes and bellies, bellows blowing. With this body, I plant bone victoriously, the flesh, a tree carved on day after day. Thank you. Thank you, Isabel, for sharing your writing and wisdom with us today. It's been a pleasure. Hey, I'm so happy to be here and share these words. And hopefully, uh, I hope some of your listeners will get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from them. Now it's time for our writing prompt. I suggest setting a timer for six or eight minutes, putting Isabel's writing prompt at the top of your page, in free writing, whatever comes to mind. Remember, the important part is keeping your pen moving. You can always edit later. Right now, we just want to write something new and see what happens. Isabel has created this writing prompt based on the last poem she shared with us today. Yeah, so I'd like to, the listeners to take a to take some time to think about praise and celebrating and how we um, celebrate our body in particular. Um, I'm a poet of the body. I write a lot about the body. Um, and I'd love for listeners to take um, some time to think about what is the body part that they'd like to write an ode or praise poem to, whether it be um, fingers, maybe that um, resemble your mother's fingers or hair that was passed down to you from your grandmother, um, or your toes, your feet, um, your booty, uh, anything on your body that you'd like to take um, several minutes and just write a praise poem, thinking about who, how they were um, handed down to you, even if, if it's potentially something that you don't necessarily typically celebrate on a day-to-day basis, um, but take some time to um, to right now celebrate it and be thankful um, and praise it. I just love talking with Isabel Y. Gonzalez this week. My favorite thing she said was that we can allow poems to build up in our body until they're ready to be written that we're writing poems in our bodies every day. Do you ever think about your creativity as a physical thing like that? It just feels so rich. It's interesting for me to talk to authors every week because each conversation is different. Some people hate editing and revising and avoid it, and others like Isabel see it as an ongoing engagement with the poem until it finds its form. The playfulness of her mindset is really appealing to me. Right now, I'm interviewing authors for the show this spring. Is there someone you think would have really great advice for us? Send me a message and let me know who I should interview next. I'm Sarah Gallagher, and this is Fierce Women Writing. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Until then, keep writing. Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at FierceWomenWriting. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening.